in a great um, sense of timing, when Matt and Lindsay were ready to share their story, we are in the middle of a series called Putting Your Faith Into Action, uh, which Matt talked about in a whole bunch of different ways. Because faith in Jesus naturally leads to a concern for others, not just a concern for ourselves, not just a concern for the people we like and for our church, but a concern for all people a concern for everyone. And obviously, like in all things in the Christian faith, we take our lead from Jesus. Jesus' faith was never just for himself. Jesus' faith was never just about who he was, but he always put his faith into action for other people. And and we don't really know what that inward journey was like for Jesus because he doesn't say and the gospel writers don't say, but but. How did he know or when did he figure out that he was the Messiah, the Son of God? Like, you know, you might have seen some people on the news that believe that they were Jesus or that they also were God. You know, so people who often, you know, live up on green hills in small communities come to believe these things about themselves. But what was it like for Jesus? Like as a toddler, as a baby, did he go, you guys don't know yet, but I know something. Or was it a growing understanding that maybe came to a really significant point at his baptism when he heard the Father's voice from heaven confirming his identity? Don't know. It's an interesting thing to think about. But but whatever was happening on the inside for Jesus, there was a slow revealing for the people around him. There was a revealing of his identity and his faith. And it kind of came to a crescendo in the Gospel of Luke. But but this is the same thing that happens for us. For you and I, you know, we're born, we grow up in whatever circumstances that we land in. But when we discover God, when we hear about who Jesus is and what he's done, there's this slowly building sense of identity to go, oh, I was created on purpose by God. That God loves me. And when he sent Jesus to die, he sent Jesus to die with me in mind. That God has purpose, meaning, value for me in my life. It's that, that same process that Jesus went through. Now, we don't land at the point of going, oh, I also am the Messiah. But it's the same kind of growing and understanding of our identity that was revealed in Jesus. And so one day Jesus was back in his hometown in Luke chapter 4, I think. And he was in the meeting place, as was his practice every weekend. And in that meeting place, it was his opportunity to read something from the Bible, from the Old Testament. And so he said, I'll have the scroll of Isaiah, thank you. And he unrolled it to the place that he wanted to read. And he, he, he stood up and he read to them from what Isaiah wrote. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Jesus is saying that his identity, his faith is not just for himself, but he's going to put it into action for other people, for the people that are around him. Just as Isaiah predicted about Jesus, he was saying today, as he finished reading, he sat down because he was ready to teach as he did in those days. And he said, today, this reading, this scripture has come to pass 
as you've heard it. He was putting his faith into action. And it's the same pattern for us. This, this growing identity as a child of God, as someone who belongs to Jesus, is never just for me. It's never just a growing of my identity for my own sake. It's so that I can put that identity, I can put that belief, I can put that faith into action for others. For, for my family, the people that I like, for my friends, the people I enjoy hanging out with, for my church family, the other Christians, the other brothers and sisters of Jesus, but, but not just us, for all people, for everyone, for anyone that God brings across my path. And Jesus modeled this faith in action for us. Jesus encouraged us to do it. Jesus empowers us today to put our faith into action. But he also gave us a warning about the difference between putting your faith into action or keeping it for yourself. And in one of the most confronting parables that he told, he he told a story about what will happen when he comes back when Jesus returns. So we're going to look at a a longer parable in Matthew chapter 25, and it starts in verse 31. Jesus said, But when the Son of Man, that's title for himself, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. And all the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Now, before we continue, it's important to note that this is a parable. You know, he started kind of talking about himself, but then he's quickly using symbols. He's using images about sheep and goats and shepherds. And so it's a little bit different than the other parables, but it's still a parable. Jesus isn't predicting this is exactly what it will look like when I come again. He's telling a story so that we get the bigger picture. Parables are never meant to like be drilled down into every little detail to make them all fit perfectly. Parables were supposed to take a step back and just get a sense for the bigger picture. What is the, the big meaning? What are the principles at work here? And, and in this whole section in Matthew 25, Jesus tells three different parables. And they're all about us understanding that he's going to come back. He's going to come back in victory, but he's also coming back with judgment, with final judgment. And the second thing is that how you and I live our lives today will make a difference in our eternity tomorrow. So in the parable, the king, the son of man, Jesus, there's a few different titles for the same character in the story, gathers everyone in front of me, in front of him, and he separates them into two groups. So verse 34, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. Why? For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones, these sheep on the right hand of Jesus will reply, Lord, 
When did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Even though these sheep, these people in the parable, didn't realize how significant putting their faith into action was, the king helps them realize that every time they put their faith into action for others, it was as if they were putting their faith into action for the king, for Jesus himself. But then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. Why? For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. And then again, like the others, they'll reply, but Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he'll answer, I tell you the truth, when you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they'll go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. These are the words of Jesus. Jesus the kind, Jesus the loving, Jesus the gracious, Jesus the friend of everyone. These are words of Jesus recorded by Matthew in his gospel. Now, today we're not going to get into the nitty-gritty of heaven and hell, except remember this is a parable, and so it's using imagery and using symbolic language. We're not going to get into the nitty-gritty of heaven and hell, except it's so clear to me. Every time I read anything from Jesus, he always brings a warning, always brings a warning about missing out on what God has for us in the next life. You know, I think people, people uh, go way too detailed on what they think heaven will be like and hell will be like. I don't think Jesus meant that much detail, but it is without doubt that he meant the warning. And you don't want to miss out on what God has for you in the next life. And so when Jesus returns with victory, he comes with judgment. He's really clear about that. And his judgment is based on what have we done with the identity that he's given us? What have we done with the faith that he has given us? And how have we put our faith into action? Because that faith naturally leads to a concern and a care and a support and a feeding and a giving drink to and a visiting and a supporting of others. And Jesus says that when we do this for people who are hurting, when we do this for people that are disadvantaged, it's like we're doing it for him himself. As if Jesus was right there in front of us. Jesus was the one that was in trouble. Jesus was the one that was lonely. And we help him. And, and this is what shocks the goats at, at Jesus' left hand so much. It's like, we, we never saw you. We never recognized you. If we knew it was you, of course we would have. We wouldn't have resisted putting our faith into action if we knew that it was you all along. But Jesus said, doing things for people is the same as doing things for him. So we're going to play a little game. It's called, is this a sheep or is this a goat? 
Now, I'm not trying to trick you, but this is difficult. So I just want to get you to have a look at the photos. I've got about four photos. We'll start with the first one. And just think for yourself and lock in in your head. All right, what am I looking at? A sheep or a goat? Now, now again, I'll give you a tip. In this first photo, there's one of each. Which is which? Now, now I'll get you to lock in your answer by displaying it just so that you can totally commit and then either be stoked or be devastated, okay? But I'm not trying to trick you. It's just it's going to be hard with some of them, okay? So in this fir- first photo, is it a sheep or is it a goat? If you think the sheep is that one on, uh, on your left, no, your right, my left. Is, if that's the sheep, give me a wave. Is that the sheep? Correct. The goat is on the left and the sheep is on the right. Well done. Okay, you got your eye in. Okay, next slide. Thanks, Isaac. Is it a sheep or is it a goat? Is it a sheep or is it a goat? If you think it's a sheep, give me a wave. A few people think it's a sheep. Uh, it's a goat. Lots of people got that right. Okay, next slide. Thanks, Isaac. How about these two? Now, they're the same kind of animal. Are they sheep or are they goats? If you think it's a sheep, give me a wave. A few of you, these are both sheep. They're sheep. Ooh, it's hard to tell. Okay, we've got two more. Is this a sheep or is this a goat? Okay, if it's a sheep, give me a wave. People are hesitant. This is a sheep. Yeah, lots of people not able to tell sheep or goats. And the last one, is this a sheep or is this a goat? Look at that fluffy wool. Is it a sheep? Give me a wave if it's a sheep. It's a goat. (laughs) I tell you, it's a good thing. It's a really good thing that Jesus is the judge and we're not. We can't even tell sheep or goats. So how in the world are we going to tell the condition of people's hearts? It's not up to us to separate what's happening in people's hearts with their faith or their identity in God. But also we can't even tell from the outward appearance, Christian, non-Christian, faithful, unfaithful, good Christian, bad Christian, but Jesus will do that. At the end of each of our lives and at the end of time for everyone. But I want to I wanna show you to, to come back and notice what the king said first to the sheep, to the faithful ones that he moved over to his right hand. This is verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right. So he separates them, moves them over here. This is the first thing he says. Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. The king isn't basing his decision first on what they've done. The king is basing his decision first on what is going on on the inside. The identity of the sheep is different to the identity of the goats. Now, it's easy to just read this parable and straight away jump to the conclusion that what matters, what only thing that matters is what I do. But that's inconsistent with other things that Jesus said and with the writings of of his first followers. But what is consistent is noticing how the king separates first, and it's based on identity. In the New New International Version, the king says, come, take your inheritance. When you understand 
that Jesus is God, come to show us what he's like, come to die for us. And you take that identity for yourself. You commit your life to Jesus. You receive an inheritance. Jesus is your inheritance. Heaven is your inheritance. That is your identity. That's what's formed and shaped within us. And the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us and can confirm that, his spirit with our spirit. Action. Action. Action isn't the cause of our faith. Action doesn't cause faith. But action is the expression of our faith. And that's why this series is called Putting Your Faith Into Action. It's not acting your way into faith. It's putting your faith into action. Actions don't earn you rightness with God. They don't give you an inheritance from God. They don't stand alone as credible without a renewed identity on the inside. Anyone can choose to do good actions from time to time. But what Jesus is talking about is that someone who identifies with Jesus, someone with faith, with identity on the inside, that will naturally flow to putting their faith into action like he did. So, So if you identify with Jesus, if you would call yourself a follower of Jesus, call yourself a Christian, you want to follow him, but you aren't putting your faith into action for others, what does that say about what's happening on the inside? If you refuse to put your faith into action for others, what does that say about what's going on on the inside? Now, some of you know that this is a big part of my story. I grew up in a home with Christian parents and at a really young age made my own decision to accept Jesus and to choose to follow him. And I did for years and years and years in my life. But by the time I got to like late high school university, faith identity was very much in my heart, very much in my head. That that never left. But there wasn't really anything else to see for it. There was no faith no identity, no Christianity really in how I lived my life. I just did whatever I wanted with the rest of my life. And it was when I was in my first year at university, it was putting my faith into action that changed everything for not just what my faith looked like, but what was happening on the inside. It was my youth pastor saying, hey, do you want to come and help us run a a program in a high school at lunchtime? And then it was, hey, do you want to come and join the youth ministry team on Friday nights? It was putting my faith into action that changed everything, not just in what was happening out here in my hands and feet, but exponentially growing in my heart and in my head. The the lifelong growth that we talk about, a lifelong following of Jesus, the kind of growth that, that needs to happen on the inside only happens when we put our faith into action. Putting your faith into action is what grows you on the inside. It's not just receiving, it's putting it into action. And so my lifelong growth with Jesus came from, comes from putting my faith into action for people that I came to know and love and walk with for years through the ministries of my church. And for many of you, that's been your experience as well as you've served. And and if you aren't and you want to experience that kind of growth, we'd love to help you jump onto a serving team that suits who you are and what you can do. But it's not just what happens in the church. My friend Paul was telling me just last week on Monday, over the last couple of weeks, he's been trying to put his faith into action by listening for the leading and the voice of the Holy Spirit to prompt him 
how to put his faith into action in, in different or in random ways. And so Monday night, he's at Woolies, trolley full of groceries for himself and his wife, and, and he sees these, these people in front of him. And, and his guess was they were a family. So there's a, a couple, a man and a woman, and, and two young kids. Um, but he could tell that they weren't doing well. The way that they were speaking to each other and treating each other, all four of them, they were not coping well that night. The way that they looked, the way that they were looking after themselves physically and looking after each other emotionally told him, these people are struggling in in some way. And the Spirit said to him, offer to pay for their groceries. And just like you and I would do as followers of Jesus, he said, no. (laughs) It's Monday night. I'm about to go home. I'm very tired after a busy day. That would be a hassle. They probably don't want me to pay for their groceries. Everyone would be weirded out. It would be annoying. No thanks. But, you know, he remembered, oh, that's right. I'm trying to put my phone there. Holy Spirit. Okay, fine. If the if their total is between 85 and $90, I will pay for their groceries. No word of a lie, Eighty-seven fifty. So he paid for their groceries. Paul was putting his faith into action for people that he'd never met before, people that he may never, ever see again. And so it's not just the people that we know and walk with, because often they need our help as well. It's also sometimes people that we may never get to see again in our lives. But when we put our faith into action, it's as if Paul bought groceries for Jesus himself. You could make a difference this week in a random way like that. Or bring some groceries to church next Sunday because people come to our office door multiple times a week needing food. And when you bring groceries, we can hand them out to others. Let your faith in Jesus turn into action for other people because then your faith will really come alive. Then your faith will really grow. Then compassion will really grow in your heart. Now, in the parable of the sheep and the goats, Jesus didn't actually say specifically, he didn't prescribe what action looks like. He gave some examples and they're all generosity or they're all charity. And and obviously those things can tick the box of putting your faith into action. But he didn't prescribe it. Remember, it's a parable. He gave some suggestions. He gave some concepts of what it can be look like, what it can look like. But really any work, anything you do, If you are doing it for Jesus and you're doing it in his name, that can be putting your faith into action. Your job could be putting your faith into action. You know, if you're growing food, if you're preparing food and drink for others, you can do that as a way of putting your faith into action. If you're you're helping a friend, someone in your class, get up to speed in a subject and get ready for an exam, you're putting your faith into action for them. Someone new at work, doesn't know how things work, doesn't know how things operate, and you help bring them up to speed, you're putting your faith into action for them. You can design and manufacture and create and sell. All legitimate work can serve people when it's done for Jesus and in his name. And I, and I feel prompted this morning, you know, I kind of asked God as I was preparing this, I'm like, is there another example or another idea that might just be like a prophetic word for someone today? And, and I sense that God said something about sowing. Now, I'm not a sower, but I wonder if today there's someone here who does some sowing 
And God wants to let you know that it's not just meaningless and pointless, but the sowing that you do can be and is an expression of putting your faith into action for others. All work can be. So as we finish this morning, we're going to um, listen in a moment to a song. We're not going to sing it together. We're just going to listen to it. It's the same song the team played for us last week called For the One. It's a great musical expression of this series. And as we listen to that song, I want to invite you to ask Jesus, who can I put my faith into action for today? Then maybe a name or a face comes to mind. Or how can I put my faith into action this week? And maybe it's something that you do or somewhere that you go. So let me lead us in prayer and then I'll hand over to the team and that's the way that our service will finish and Laura will come up and wrap up at the end. So you can stay seated, let's pray and then you can just listen and reflect and pray as our service finishes. But let me pray for us. Jesus, um, as I pray, I want to imagine myself in that parable. That there you are in victory Looking, looking incredible, sitting on your throne. And here I am standing right in front of you. And in that moment, I have the opportunity to ask you, what does it look like for me to put my faith into action for others?
Oh